been years since their last visit. Dear friends traveling back to the city, carrying the ashes of their father. This was an obligation that Cole had no intention of skipping. Driving his car, he mused over the memories he had with their family over the decades. Almost siblings. That's how they thought of each other and not just in word. This was the deep friendship of a family chosen. Other acquaintances traveled too, not willing to pass a final moment to say goodbye. Cole had to admit he was a little bit apprehensive about the reunion, but he longed to reconnect with old friends too long away. The memorial was a somber affair. Fond recollections and funny anecdotes floated through the room. Drinks and snacks were passed around their small table. Chatter between friends with a lot of catching up to do. There, one was talking about the challenges of raising their second child. Another, commenting on the trials of dealing with office politics. Pierce and Callista, the friends who flew in, remarked about how uneventful it was in their county. Cole was quiet as he listened, as is his way. Eventually, it was his turn. Everyone's gaze was expectant as he contemplated about what to tell them. Wanting to stay away from the maroos and keep to the mundane, Cole told them that he learned that nurses don't work for two or three days straight. They were a bit confused, so he continued to recount the weeks he spent in the hospital as a very young man on the verge of hemorrhagic fever, in a time when the vaccine was not yet available. He had to be monitored constantly. The hospital staff drew blood every four hours to measure his platelets and noted with dismay as it kept dropping lower and lower. He recalled being so weak that he would barely stir as they drew blood from his ankle since his arms were marked with punctures that hadn't healed yet. It got to the point that medical personnel were on standby as they were expecting him to start hemorrhaging. But then, just as the previous blood test showed that he was entering the critical stage, the latest one showed that his platelet count stopped dropping. The doctors advised against releasing him. They wanted to make sure that Cole was out of danger and well into recovery. Slowly healing over a couple of days, Cole found his waking moments getting longer and longer. It was during one of those waking moments when he noticed a nurse enter the room. She was new as Cole did not recognize her. Medium-length brown hair, slender build, fair complexion, pretty, in a mousy kind of way. She got her implements ready and proceeded to insert the needle into his forearm. But she missed the vein. She quickly pulled the syringe away and looked apologetically at him. Cole figured he was still emaciated and that's why she couldn't find the vein. He calmly smiled and encouraged her to try again. She nodded, took a fresh syringe from her kit, and nervously tried again. And again. For each of the seven attempts, Cole didn't flinch, as at that point, his body barely registered more than a prick every time he was injected. The mousy nurse's lips were set, 
but small tears on the side of her eyes told of the frustration that was boiling inside. When she was finally able to stab the vein, Cole congratulated her as she filled her vial. He thought that was enough excitement and lay down to rest as she left the room. Rousing from his nap, Cole saw the late afternoon sun through his windows, as well as two nurses. He wasn't startled by the sudden company. It's been a few weeks now and his room was frequented by doctors making rounds and nurses drawing blood. No, what caught his curiosity was the fact that they were sitting on his bed, just watching him slowly wake up. It was the mousy nurse who drew his blood earlier and a slender, dark beauty that had striking brown eyes. Cole asked what was going on and the dark nurse said she wanted to thank him for being patient. The mousy nurse was new and she was distraught about how much pain she must have put him through. He shook his head at her apprehension, explaining he didn't mind since they've been sticking him every four hours. Awake or asleep, it needed to be done, and she had to learn. They continued chatting for quite a while. He'd ask about their duty as nurses, and then ask him if he was single. What was his opinion on dating older women? Cole mused about why they were doing this. He thought that the questions, strange in a hospital, were designed to pull his attention away from his pincushion arm. He appreciated it, but was more concerned about the time they were spending with him. There must be other patients who may be needing them. They answered that there were only a few people in this wing, and he was the last person for their rounds. He thought the nurses must have been quite tired from all the work, as the top two buttons of their uniforms were undone. Or maybe they walked so much that they needed to cool off. It was a few hours later when the head nurse arrived asking the two to let him rest. The pair took their time to exit the room, softly saying, Good night and see you soon. The head nurse checked on his IV drip, then made her way out as well. Cole was bemused about the whole incident and just decided, Well, he's tired enough to go back to sleep. He vaguely remembered dreaming about a white mouse struggling to push a block of cheese into her home while a slender black cat quietly uttered encouragement. Every few hours since, those same nurses would be there to draw his blood and check his vitals. Sometimes they brought in a few more nurses with them. They would brush against him or adjust his hospital gown. They'd fluff up his pillows and get him to lie down slowly. The strange conversations would continue. They'd start by asking how he was doing, and the follow-up questions would be about how to form good relationships while working in a hospital. He postulated that there must be a danger of relapse, and that's why they seemed extra diligent. They wanted to make sure his mind was okay through their talks and relationship hypotheticals. The nurses must be checking on his cognizance. He thought they were very vigilant and very good at their jobs. This went on for several more days, and for most of those days, those nurses were there, taking care of him until he was finally discharged. Back at the memorial, his tale finished, Cole glanced up at his friends. 
He stated that he learned a few months ago that nurses don't usually take more than 12-hour shifts. It was a passing conversation with a colleague. He found that revelation strange when compared to his time in the hospital. He guessed that in the far past, hospital shift schedules were probably more brutal. Pierce, sitting at the edge of his seat while staring at Cole, said, No, I don't think it was like that. Callista was pinching her nose with her brows furrowed. Again. You did it again, she muttered. Beth was trying her best not to laugh, but she ended up snorting. Damn it, Cole, you've always been such a beta. He chewed on his lower lip as he went over the story he just told. Oh, wait. This wasn't about monitoring me. Pierce patiently answered, Yes? I was past the contagious phase and clear out of danger, so... Callista patiently answered, Yes. Cole groaned as the whole situation took on a different light. Pierce patted his back as Callista pushed more whiskey his way. Pierce voiced out, Don't worry, buddy. One of these days. And just left it hanging there. He was quiet the rest of the night. There were a few stories from his past that followed that same theme. He missed out on something important. Something that was evident to everyone else. Without someone calling it out, it would take him months, if not years, to figure out that there were clues. If he would figure out there was anything at all. Callista glanced at the devastated Cole and said, I don't think you're a beta. Cole sheepishly replied, I've always figured I am. Let others take the lead, pass the decisions to someone else, take the back seat, you know? She thought back to their past. I agree that's who you were for the most part. But looking at it now, think you're a... She paused while searching for the word. A demisexual. Cole looked at her as if she just said a made-up word. She smiled and slowly recited, A demisexual experiences sexual attraction only when they feel a strong emotional bond with another person. He minced the explanation in his head, slowly turning them over and trying them on. The process was slow, but his friends knew this was his way. Crap, Cole sputtered, his eyes widening with clarity. Events from his past started pouring out from his deep subconscious, things he thought better off forgotten and buried. What started as a repertoire of a few stories grew. More memories surfaced one after another. There was pain, suffering, darkness, and regret. Viewed from the lens of ignorance in a slow-thinking coal. But maybe... Just maybe, he no longer had to see it that way. A different perspective to view history. History.